It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 415 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, November 12th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke and a bunch of other hosts from across the network doing a daily show over there. We've got Sam Amick and Ben Golliver as weekly contributors. There's just so much stuff for you to check out right now. Lots of uh, great local perspectives and all the big stories. If you want to hear about the, uh, the Wolves and Sixers trade from over the weekend, make sure you're checking out Locked On Sixers and Locked On Wolves as well as Locked On NBA, uh, Josh Lloyd spoke to both hosts of Locked On Wolves and Locked On Sixers on today's Locked On NBA, so you can check that out. It's uh, There's just so much stuff for you to listen to. So if you find a show that you like and you want to support it, please find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts, and uh, rate and review. It's the best way to support those shows, and it's very easy and takes no time at all. And it's all we ask of you. It's free shows. It's free content. So this is the least you can do, and we very much appreciate it. 
Uh, also, you can check out my Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. There's a new podcast up there. Myself and Katie Heindel from The Athletic and Vice, we did an hour on the Raptor, and it was fun and got weird. We talked about mascots having sex and stuff like that, too, if that's your bag. So please check out patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. $5 subscribers get access to those podcasts. All right. Well, let's get to today's show, joined by a very special guest on today's show to talk about the fallout of the Sixers and Wolves trade from over the weekend from the On the NBA podcast from the Count the Dings Network. It is Dave DeFore. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. I don't know about very special, but I am a guest. <laughs> you are the podcastingest man in the NBA internet circles right now, <laughs> so I'm very happy to have you on. You, Glad you had some time available. <laughs> you know, that's funny. Uh so I met Ben Golliver for the first time uh, at Summer League this year. Like yeah. We followed each other on Twitter. And he was like, I can't believe I'm meeting you and we're not doing a podcast. And I was <laughs> like, I, that's high praise. You know, like, listen, man, I, I try to work hard. Uh, writing uh, is, I don't know, not as much fun as podcasting. Yep. And so uh, I'd rather I'd rather be podcasting uh, with, my, with my time. So, yeah, I'm glad that people notice <laughs> that I podcast a lot. <laughs> Yeah, man. Happy to have you on. And we haven't really talked about the Butler trade yet on this show. We did a Pelicans podcast earlier today, if you want to check that out for tonight's game. But And, and I, like, I feel like a lot of the conversation about the trade so far has been like the Wolves being a disaster and Tibbs being a mess and probably getting fired soon and how it's going to work for the Sixers as a team and all the fit and sort of personality concerns there. But there hasn't been a whole lot of conversation, at least yet, I'm sure there will be today, it's still Monday morning, about how the the trade kind of affects the Sixers standing, standing within the Eastern Conference, and that seems like a pretty big question, considering the East looks very top-heavy this season with some excellent teams who you could argue are like the second, third, and fourth best teams in the league right now. I mean, Boston, I guess, is a little iffy with their offense, but their defense is still great, and I'm sure they'll figure it out at some point. Uh, and the Sixers, after kind of a rough start, make this trade, and now... Now they have Jimmy Butler to go with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and that seems like it's kind of important. So I guess just first impressions of this deal, without them having played a game or them making any other trades to fill out the roster, which are probably necessary at this point, has your view of the East hierarchy changed at all after this deal? Um, all right, this is this is tricky, okay, because mm-hmm. we are doing this before we see the follow-up moves and before we've seen them play together, and we're making a lot of assumptions. Yeah. Uh, good and bad, right? Like it, it's a lot of my my conversation around this deal has, has been couched with, will Jimmy do this? Will Ben Simmons do that? You know, things like that. And and so I think it's important to frame it from that standpoint. We're we're guessing, mm-hmm. right? We we have no idea. I will say this: after leaving, uh, ha- having an uh, you know kind of an acrimonious exit from the Bulls and now the Timberwolves, Jimmy Butler in a contract year is probably going to have to be on his best behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll just assume that whatever he's asked to do, he is going to be a good citizen. Uh, he's going to, you know, these young guys are known for working hard, so I don't think any feathers are going to be ruffled in that, in that fashion. So let's just assume all the best things happen. Um, I think this firmly puts them in the top four, yeah. <laughs> which a lot of people already saw them as. Yeah. Um, whether it makes them better than the third team, best team in the East, to my mind, which is Boston, um, that's that's a debate. I don't think that this moves them up. Uh, obviously, the Raptors, to me, are the second best team in the league. Mm-hmm. 
and in a tier by themselves. I think, you know, you've got the Warriors on, on the top tier, you've got the Raptors behind them, and then it's sort of this, we're going to watch these guys shuffle between, uh, you know, Milwaukee, Boston, now Philly, uh, and Denver. Are, are they're, they're kind of that four team in, in, in tier three to me. Right. Um, and so I think that coming into this trade, I had Philly and Indy neck and neck. Right. And we even saw this, you know, they just played the other day. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm curious as to what they're going to do going forward because they're going to need some shooting. And, and I know that's like, seems like some lazy analysis, but it doesn't make it not true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but adding a guy like Jimmy Butler, that's huge. Because now you have, you know, in, in any given series, you might have the best two players in the series. You know, if they're playing Boston, I... I think that they have the two best players in the series. I think Jimmy Butler is just, you know, because of what he brings on the defensive end, mm-hmm. it's slightly above uh, Kyrie Irving and, and Al Horford. Um, and then now with Milwaukee, you're going to have the second and third best players because Giannis is, you know, possibly the best player in the East. Yeah. And, then, and then obviously Toronto, you've got Kawhi. So um, I do think that matters. You got another guy that could create his own looks. That is the most valuable skill in, in the NBA, so that's huge. Um, but I don't think this puts them over the top. To me, it signals an ownership and front office decision that they think they're good enough to get to the finals. Yeah, and that this was kind of the next step to get there. Now I don't know if they're if they're correct or not, um, but I at least like to see them pushing the chips in the table. They were going to run into a roster kind of cap crunch anyway. Because Dario Sarch is probably getting somewhere between fifteen and twenty million this summer, and they they didn't really want to pay him that because they still have to pay Ben Simmons down the line if you know Ben Simmons is sticking around. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, uh, I think it was a good move. I think it was a really good move for for Philly. Hey, before we continue, I just want to tell you about the Locked On Podcast Network social network feeds. We're doing some really cool stuff on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, you can follow at Locked On NBA Net or Locked On NFL Net, and you get a full feed full of the hosts from the Locked On Podcast Network all being retweeted into there. So instead of having to go around and follow all 60 hosts, if you don't want to do that, if you want to keep your timeline clean, you can just follow the Locked On NBA Net or Locked On NFL Net Twitter handle, and you will get all of those hosts retweeted into your timeline, whether it's for during breaking news stuff, whether it's me just firing off late-night random tweets with some swears. Any of that stuff is going to come up in your feed, so make sure you're checking that out. The Locked On NBA and Locked On NFL Net Twitter feeds, as well as Instagram. Same handles on Instagram. We're posting little snippets from each podcast. You can go listen to the full thing. It's a very cool thing as well. So follow Instagram and Twitter at Locked On NBA Net and Locked On NFL Net. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Yeah, I think like the reasons for making the trade are totally justified and I, I, like this is what the Raptors just did right a, a star player was available and maybe it wasn't like the rosiest circumstance in which you're trying to trade for him and there are questions and risks involved but like the Sixers like you said they're coming up to a point where like they're going to be kind of locked into what they are so any chance you have to add more talent to that I think you got to take it despite Robert Covington and Dario Saric maybe being good. I don't know. There seems to be a lot of sort of differing opinions on how good those two are and whether or not they'll be good away from Philadelphia. But, like, they're useful players. And honestly, I think they are going to work for whatever the post-Tibbs version of the Wolves is. I think they'll be nice on. I don't know how they fit in with the Tibbs version, where I'm sure Taj Gibson will start and Derek Rose will start and there won't be that many minutes to go around, especially for Saric. But, um, yeah, like, you just you got to do the move and get the guy in. And I do wonder if, like, maybe... This was the Sixers settling a little bit. Like, they, they failed to get LeBron in the offseason. I, I feel like they're probably kicking themselves for not making the Kawhi trade when they could have because they probably could have beaten whatever the Raptors gave up. And, you know, maybe they didn't have the sort of veteran star that the Spurs really wanted, and maybe that would have, you know, precluded them from being involved in the trade at all. But every team, I feel like, has to be kicking themselves if they had a chance to get Kawhi because look at what he's doing so far. All of the concerns about his health seem to be kind of... You know, they're still there, obviously. He's missed a couple games and he's resting, but, you know, uh, he seems to be pretty good, pretty damn good to me. So maybe this was them just, like, maybe not going with the optimal third guy, but it was the one that was available. And considering the the timing of everything and this summer's free agent crop looking a little bit less attractive, maybe, this is just the move he had to make. So I totally agree. It's a good move on the Sixers' part. If you're a Raptors fan, to what degree are you concerned about Jimmy Butler coming to the Sixers and the Sixers being a potential roadblock come playoff time? You know, just even without Covington and Sarge, without knowing what they have, like that's a very good big three to have. And I, I think there are obvious concerns with how the offense is going to work. And I wonder if like Ben Simmons is going to ask for a trade by February because Jimmy Butler is hogging all the possessions. And it seems like it could be a weird fit with those two. I don't have any, any concerns about Butler and Embiid and like the defense of this team should be outstanding still, but the offense will be a concern. So I guess my question is like the Raptors fans, should they be worried about this at all? Like in terms of, another wrench thrown into their plans of potentially making a finals? No, I don't think so. No? I mean, you know, I don't want to overlook it, but no, I don't think so. I just think that the Raptors' depth and, and high-end talent, I think that matters quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, let's not forget the continuity there. Yeah. That matters. And and the Sixers are going to be kind of, uh, depending on how long they're sticking with faults, they're, they're almost running out, you know, a, whole, a brand new starting lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from having Simmons and, and Embiid out there. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I think it's not that big of a deal to the Raptors. The Raptors are so good. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if enough people realize this. Um, you know, I saw some, some Milwaukee Bucks folks throwing out onto the Twitter timeline that, that the Raptors have had a fairly easy schedule, but they, they've made it look easy. Yeah. And that's what that's what great teams do. They they take those games, they make them look easy. And by the way, they've done like you like you mentioned, Kawhi's missed a lot of games. Mm-hmm. You know, he's sitting in in every back to back. He missed a couple games with the tweaked ankle, 
and they're doing it without Kawhi. So, um, you know, I, I just think that, that they're they're head and shoulders above everyone else in the East right now until until someone else can prove otherwise. And you know, to Philly, go back to Philly to their lineup concerns. You know, I'm with you. I think Ben Simmons, if you take the ball out of his hands, you you he's not special. Yeah, it's kind of you a DeRozan-y type thing, I think. It it's worse than DeRozan because yeah. DeRozan can at least shoot a mid ranger. Fair enough. And you know, Ben Simmons won't shoot anything even when he's wide open, and that's a problem. You know, DeRozan would shoot wide open threes, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I just think that that's something that. You know, we make jokes about it, but it's a serious detriment to what they need to do. And and unfortunately, with Jimmy Butler out there, who he shot the three ball well last year, shooting it well this year, and that that helps. But the majority of his stuff is not catch and shoot, so yeah. it's not like he's got another guy creating for him to take these opportunities. And so, you know, I, I worry about Simmons and his fit next to Butler. I, I think that there are things you can do as far as like a, a Butler Simmons pick and roll with with. Simmons is the role man that that can help you know Simmons playing a little bit of uh, small ball five will unlock some stuff if you can get some shooting around him the problem is they just don't have any shooting right now they're going to need to go out and get some and find some and there just aren't many guys I mean Kyle Korver's a guy that keeps coming up yeah but you know Kyle Korver's 37 years old 38 years old whatever he is um I, I don't know man like that that's a that's a a lot of miles for a guy you're going to be depending on come playoff time and you know we saw this last year with with cleveland and you know the wheels start to fall off these old guys at certain points so mm-hmm. i don't know i it's uh it's a tricky situation for them from a roster construction standpoint and in particular because of ben simmons and the way he's valued for that team i mean they see they see this as their big three now and so you've got to you've got to get ben simmons to play like he's He's actually a, a big player, mm-hmm. uh, and and him shooting is going to be the key to that. Even if he's not going to make them, he's still got to take them. We're going to continue our conversation with Dave Dufour in just a second, but first, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now in this very space. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is 98% males with more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast. Email me at sean.woodley1 at gmail.com and we can get that process started for you. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This really does feel like the least sexy superstar trade in a long time. Maybe the DeMarcus Cousins one was less sexy, but like, I don't know. It just, like, it's, like we've talked about, it makes sense that they made the deal, but it doesn't seem to really fit the timeline of the Sixers, the way everything they've been doing seems to have been sort of done with the sort of intention of, right? Like it's, 
Butler's going to be 30, right? That. Like, like, I, are you concerned I'll about, like, the divergent timelines? No? Bit. Okay. I'll push back a little bit. I think Embiid is ready to compete now. Yeah, fair. Right? I think Ben Simmons is 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 ready to compete now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's clearly, like, a really good player. Yeah. He's uh, a great player. And he's an all-star this year, for sure. Yeah. Um, the shooting woes aside, he's still able to get to get things done and be effective. Um, JJ Redick, clearly, that that's a starter on a championship level team, um, but he's not starting. And this is the this is the problem is they coming into this trade, they've had one foot on each side of the fence. Mm-hmm. They've been on the development side and on the try to win now side. Well, yeah. this clearly is pushing their chips onto the win now side. I mean, they are they're going to try to win, and I think Fultz is going to be on the table. Yeah. I think that I wouldn't be shocked if Zaire Smith is on the table. Um, even, you know, uh, Landry Shemet, or Shemet, uh will be on the table. I, I think that, you know, all of their young chips are going to be on the table. Right. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm not completely against it. If, if you feel like you've got a good window, and let's be honest, you know, if Kawhi gets hurt, that, you know, that's that window's there. Yeah, that's It's fair. the same thing we've been saying about Golden State this whole time. You know, if, if KD gets hurt or if Steph gets hurt, You've got an opportunity, you know. Uh, every single year, you can put a, an asterisk on every single championship, yeah. going back forever because guys always get hurt. And so, I, I think that if you're if you feel like your roster minus Jimmy Butler was ready to compete, and Jimmy Butler is the piece that kind of can put you over the top, minus a few side deals here and there that they're going to have to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think you do it, and, and you know, I, I, I'm I'm all in favor of it, and, and hoping you can work it out with your smart coaching staff and and your good players, but. There are some personality concerns I have with Ben Simmons and and Jimmy Butler and Embiid. More more Simmons with those two than those two with each other. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy Butler, man, uh, seems to be really good with twenty something year olds, <laughs> early twenty year old. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like uh, could be a bit of a powder keg there for sure. Um, here's a here's one for you. You okay. get to pick one of the top four East teams' best lineups. To defend one possession, let's say it's against the Warriors. I don't know. They get to defend one possession, and if they get scored on, the nuclear holocaust happens. Which team would prevent all of the bombs from going off, and which team would you pick to play the possession that brings us to the end of our never-ending hell world that we just so desperately need? Well, I go with the Raptors <laughs> as the one to prevent the bombs from going off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you mean, and I can pick the team? Yeah, the team well, I mean, we're picking the one that will allow the score because we need it all to end, but... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in that case, then, you know, um, we'll have the Orlando Magic play against themselves. Although their defense is looking much better. <laughs> but of the top Actually, four teams, like, I guess, like, rank those four defenses, I suppose, because they're all terrifying. Yeah. Top, top four uh, defenses? I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and with the idea that Philadelphia probably winds up even looking better, yeah. Uh, but they're they're really neck and neck. I'm glad you said that. They, they're all really really good. It's it's like one A, B, C, and D almost. Mm-hmm. And you know, Embiid is such a game changer for for Philly, and then the rest of those t- teams don't really have the rim protection that that Philly has. So if Philly makes a mistake at the point of attack, they've got someone there that can erase it. For Milwaukee, that guy is kind of Giannis, yeah. And then. You know, uh, both. Uh, I mean, I guess Abaka is doing a little bit better job there, but the uh, the Raptors and the Celtics just—they're so good on the perimeter yeah. that they don't really make those mistakes. So, 
Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny to watch how those teams, how different they are yet effective. And, uh, but I mean, if I could just make any lineup for any team, it would be my, my Raptors stream lineup, which is Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Ojeananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Serge Ibaka. Ooh, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. That's just, you couldn't do anything. Yeah. It's too much length. It's too much. It's, it's too much everything. Too much length, too much shooting. It's the perfect lineup. Plus, that allows Pascal Siakam to carry the ball, which is always the most fun thing in the world. Um, yeah. God, he's he's so fun. He, do you have Siakam takes? Do you have a do you have Siakam opinions? Let's let, spill them out. I think he's a I think he's an average three point shot away from being an all star. Yeah, that's kind of the consensus. I think he rules. Yeah. Yeah, and he's great. Such a freak athlete. Yeah. And we use that term a lot, but he's like a real one. Yeah, he's insanely fast um the one thing i really like about this trade is that it like there's a lot of potential right now for like a lot of real sports hate in the eastern conference like the second round is going to be awesome assuming those four teams are the ones that get through boston and philly already hate each other the raptors don't really have a serious rival just yet but like they're always just one surge of punch away from creating one and kyle lowry's a pretty ornery fellow as well so like i feel like another matchup would say the bucks are the Celtics series that we've been waiting for for so long, like that's going to lead to some real angst. Like Kyle's almost fought Ben Simmons before. Like, are you looking forward to the next few years here? Assuming Jimmy Butler stays. And I guess with the the caveat that Kawhi could leave and throw that off of the Raptors. But sure. If it all stays together, like this could be some like nineties ass sports hate in the East. I actually am with you. I think that the top of the East is going to be way more fun than anything in the West. Yeah. The the top uh, the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, barring injury, is going to be some of the best playoffs we've seen in years mm-hmm. because of how close these teams are. Even though the Raptors are to me head and shoulders above, the playoffs are a different beast, you know. And things get tight, and and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited to see this happen. And and let's not forget that Indy is also really good. Yeah. So they're going to give someone a scrap in the first round. And I think, man, the East has gotten such a bad rap. And then all of a sudden, you know, LeBron leaves right before the East was actually going to be able to give him a run. Yeah, no kidding. And I think that that's very interesting. Now, not that he kind of predicted, you know, that Kawhi was going to go to the Raptors or, you know, Jimmy Butler was going to wind up getting traded or that, you know, Mike Buttonholzer was going to be Steve Kerr to uh, Jason Kidd to Mark Jackson. But, you know, it, it, he... He definitely chose the right time to leave. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, we chose the right time to get you on this podcast, Dave. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. I know you have a million podcasts on the go, so it was uh, really yeah. awesome to get you on. Where can people check out all of your work? Uh, I don't know. Just check me on Twitter. <laughs> Dave DeFore NBA. I mean, you know, I just put it all on Twitter. Fair enough. That's I, it. You have a yeah, Twitch stream no, too, right? no hub. No? What's that? You have a Twitch stream too? Yeah, I use Twitch occasionally, but... Um, not that often now that I'm mostly because I, I, you know, I've kind of rolled back my own podcast now that I'm doing the counting dings thing. So, right. you know, we'll see, but I, I do occasionally go on Twitch and, you know, play like Fortnite or something like that. I'm terrible, but 
<laughs> that's all right, man. Uh, thank you so much, man. This was great. Uh, yeah. Everyone, please subscribe, rate, review uh, to the Count of the Dings podcast. You can also subscribe to this podcast, Locked on Raptors, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. It's very, very helpful. If you leave a rating or a review, it's nice for the rankings. We're doing pretty well so far, and our listenership is way up lately, probably because of Kawhi, but uh, maybe it's because you guys have been doing such a good job getting us up in the rankings too. So either way, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will be back again. Uh, probably late Monday night, early Tuesday morning, I'll do a podcast from the arena after the Raptors play the Pelicans, so stay tuned for that in your feeds tomorrow morning. And uh, until then, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 